three miles. What did it say? Three days walk across. You know, I was trying to think in terms of Chicago, how that would work. You know, if Chicago is about Western Avenue from the farthest south to Howard Street is about 30 miles. And so if you did a third, that would be 10 miles. But a day's walk back then was considered 20 miles. So this must have been a big city, 60 miles, twice, twice as long, can you imagine twice as long as Chicago? Anyway, that's just, that doesn't matter. So Jonah walks in a third of the way and, and, and says his one-sentence sermon, one-sentence proclamation, <clears throat> repent or you will be overthrown. This kingdom will collapse. And of course, they all repent. And God says, oh, I'm, I don't want to destroy them afterwards because they repented. And Jonah is so upset because he has been made a fool of. God has made him a fool. And then you might remember the end of Jonah. He, he, he sits and he wants to see Nineveh destroyed. He hopes that God will destroy Nineveh. And he's, you know, in the hot sun. And God cause, causes this big fern to grow over him. Or maybe a, it might be a, a castor bean. Have any of you grown castor bean? Grows really fast, has huge, beautiful leaves. It's poisonous, by the way. This big thing grows up over him, so he has shade. And he's like, oh, this is, this is fine. And then God kills the, the uh, castor bean. And then Jonah is so upset. And, and God says, well, don't you think that I care about people and even about animals that's what i love about this there there are so many uh god says there's so many souls in nineveh don't you think i care about them and also the animals also the cattle is the the old the uh the the old translation don't you think i care about the cattle and that's why i think that um in heaven there are animals there are pets because you know God cares for animals too, right? So it's, 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 a, it's a comedy. Jonah is made fun of because he's judgmental and he doesn't understand the ultimate grace of God that could go even to those Gentiles, those Gentiles that destroyed the northern kingdom. So things around, at Jesus' time were not that bad. Uh, it's... In fact, they had a temple. Finally, the temple was rebuilt. It was a super temple. It was a beautiful temple. It cost tons of money. And the Romans built it for them. Herod the Great worked out this deal with the Romans that they would pay for it. And this was a huge temple and employed lots of people. And, you know, so... but. The everyday uh, believers, the everyday Israelites were not happy because it was kind of a corrupt thing. Kind of corrupt, you know. It was just they were in it for the money. It was, a, it was a cash cow. And there was heavy taxation to pay for this. And so there was a feeling like, is this really God's house? This thing that Roman taxes pay for? It was a time of ambiguity. 
ambiguity at best. Kind of like today, right? And in the midst of this, Jesus says, the time is near. The time is ripe. Repent and believe in the good news of Jesus Christ. The time is always right for us to reorient ourselves, to come back to God, to put Jesus first in our lives. Uh, the literal, Jesus says to the disciples, come follow me. The literal translation would be, come behind me, get behind me, you know, follow me. I think sometimes we think of Jesus or God as our partner, but really we should be behind Jesus. Jesus should be number one. Our motto should be, we're number two. We're number two. Jesus is number one. And we always, we often get off, don't we? We don't follow Jesus. We don't follow our best impulses. It's hard. There are a lot of things that we react to. Things that we didn't see coming, you know? And we don't act the same way. We don't, we react instead of act. We think, oh, what I should have said was this. What I should have done was this. And sometimes it's like, I should have just kept my mouth shut. Right? God wants us to be his ambassadors. Jesus wants us to show the kind of love that Jesus showed to us. The good news, according to Mark, the gospel of Mark is, and all the gospels follow this, but most starkly, the good news in Mark is the cross of Jesus. The, the victory of God is the cross, is Jesus' def seemingly defeat on the cross. In fact, in Mark, there's not really a happy resurrection story. It never, it just kind of ends with the women, the uh, angels uh, appearing to the women, the faithful women, and saying, go and, and say that he is not here. He's not in the tomb, but he's risen. And it says, this is how Mark actually ends. It says, they said no one to, no, no one to anything, anyone because they were afraid. Now, of course, we know the ending of the story. And the other Gospels have the resurrection story. But that's the good news. The good news is the God who hangs on a cross and defeats that horrible power of death for all time. So that's the good news. Now, what about fishing for people? When we think about fishing, you know, as like a single rod and reel. But back then they used nets. How can we catch people in the nets of God's love? Someone once suggested, what if, you know, what if you put a net, what if you put a barrier in, in front of the road in front of your church and directed people into the church parking lot? Can you imagine doing that if we put a a barrier out here and forced everybody to come into the parking lot, we'd get arrested real fast. <laughs> we might get some good publicity out of it, though. We are supposed to be about 
a community that demonstrates God's love. We are supposed to be, we're studying the atonement on Thursday. Atonement, that's how we become one with God, the actual at-one-ment. How do people become one with God? And it's through actually our God does it for it for us in Jesus Christ. But we are supposed to be a community of atonement. In other words, ambassadors for that good news, for the kingdom of God. We pray on the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come. We pray for the time where there will be peace for everyone, where there will be food for everyone, shelter for everyone, employment for everyone, fulfillment for everyone. That's our dream. In our individual lives, we are called to be ambassadors for this good news. The kingdom of God has come near. And that's the best way we can fish for people, is for us to show that grace in our lives. The fact that we are forgiven, that we are made right, that we are empowered by the Spirit. All of this we show in our lives. And yes, we get it wrong. And sometimes it might be Friday afternoon, sometimes it might be Monday afternoon. We're already like, oh man, I've already blown it. But we always have forgiveness. And that's why we come back every Sunday to hear the story again. Because the story is kind of unbelievable that God comes after us. God knows us and God loves us. The one the one who knows us, loves us. God knows you and God loves you. And that's the story of Jesus Christ. And we need to hear that story every week so that we can be empowered to go out. And you know there's another something that happens. There's another something, another sacrament. The body and blood of Jesus, an intimate meal that comes into us. Jesus the true body and blood of Jesus comes into us to empower us, to remind us that we are forgiven, to remind us that we are given the gift of eternal life. So come now and share in that meal. Let us pray. You have brought us to another day, O oh God, and we thank you for that. It's hard to believe that you want to work through us. It's hard to believe that you love us. You know us and you love us, but it's true. The scriptures say this to us. Help us to believe it, and as we now take in Jesus' body and blood, help it to empower us for our daily lives in your service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.